This episode of Real Foot Forward is sponsored by the University of Tennessee at Martin. This is Scott Williams, the host of Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast, where every single week we talk about the history, the people, and the culture of our home right here in West Tennessee. Today, I've got an incredible guest for you, fashion stylist, Krista Roser. Welcome, Krista. Hi. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, your uh, where you're from in West Tennessee and, and what your uh, childhood was like. <laughs> well, I'm from um, Dyersburg, Tennessee. Kind of grew up some like part of my life in Newburn, part of it in Dyersburg. Um, but I guess it was like pretty normal with anybody else, you know, like school, sports, you know, family, all the things. Did you all, did you already have an interest in fashion and design and things like that when you were a little girl? I think now, like looking back, I definitely like noticed that I was way more um, intrigued and followed it more than like say like my friends. But I don't think anybody in my life like told me that that was unique or different. So I don't think like growing up, I like felt like it was a thing. It was just something I did, but didn't know that everybody else wasn't doing it too. Um, And then now looking back, there were definitely like things I was way more interested in that, you know, people didn't. So it it definitely shows up now, but um, I like looking back, but it wasn't something that like, I think my family thought was unique or different to tell me about it, if that makes any sense. Sure. And so at what point did you discover that, that, uh, fashion and style and things like that? When did you discover that was a thing? I think I would say I started noticing me being a little bit different than say like my friends, probably like seventh, eighth grade. And then really when I went to high school, and then when you uh, got ready to go to college, did you plan on going into the uh, fashion business? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because, I mean, sadly, when I was young, we didn't have um, all the, you know, internet and all the things that we have now to t- teach you about stuff. So, no, I, di- I didn't even know you could do anything in fashion for a career. Like they, I mean, to be honest, in small town, they really just prepare you for things that you could do in that small town. I didn't even know moving away was really an option for me until I got older. So um, I just always knew that nothing sounded like something I wanted to do that people like told us about in school. And I almost went into the medical industry, to be honest. And I got so close and I last minute pulled out of a medical college that I was accepted in and went in undeclared at University of Tennessee at Martin. And I'm so glad I did that because, um, I'm definitely doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? So, so when you first started going to UT Martin, um, and started taking classes, did you struggle a little bit before you found something that you connected with? Yeah, I just kind of was like floating and taking a bunch of different classes to try and figure out what my thing was. And, um, I would say about my sophomore year of college, I was on a history club trip actually. And I went to new Orleans And that was my first chance to go to Saks Fifth Avenue for the first time. And I just remember spending like, I don't know, four hours in there, like interviewing people that work there and, and like learned all about these jobs and careers that you could do in fashion. And I went back and told my professor about it. And he was like, well, you know, we have a fashion merchandising, um, like program here. And I go, what? 
like I literally changed my major that Monday and never looked back. Like it was exactly everything just felt right. And that's what um, everybody hopes happens to them at some point. They get like an epiphany on yeah. what they're supposed to do with their life. So, so you had this epiphany um, of of what you loved, and then uh, did you start taking classes right away? Yeah, like I said, on that Monday, I changed my major and never looked back. And next thing I know, like I don't know, probably a month or so later, I was president of the fashion merchandising uh, program. Like it was, it was all I wanted to do, and it just. It was everything. So for people um, who took a different path, those people out there that work in healthcare, that took <laughs> your healthcare route, um, yeah. what what kind of classes do you take in fashion merchandising at UT Martin, and what were you, uh, you know, what were you learning? Um, there, so fashion merchandising is kind of like learning the business of fashion. So there's like kind of every aspect of it. Like if you want to go and focus on design. There were some design classes that really wasn't my, um, like that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the business side of things. Um, so I took a lot of merchandising, a lot of, um, you take classes about, um, like buying and merchandise math. There's actually a lot of math involved in formulas that you have to learn. And I also took a lot of, um, kind of stylistic stuff, like there's stuff that you can take about personal style and you learn, you know, about like color stories and like everything pretty much. Like it's, it's a have, really good range of all the different things that you can do in fashion. Did you have kind of an idea um, pretty quickly of, of what aspect of fashion you wanted to go into or were you just kind of wide open? I was kind of wide open because I also, like I said, didn't even know you could do all of that or even go to school for it until I found out that you could. So I was just kind of open and wanted, I just knew I needed to be in it. I just didn't know exactly which one was what I wanted to do. And so like, that's why I kind of took all the different classes to figure it out. But you still change. Like I didn't go into fashion thinking I was going to be a stylist and uh, being a stylist kind of found me. I thought I was going to be a buyer. So, um, it's, yeah, you, it kind of just, and I did do that for a little bit in New York and loved it. Um, but now I can't imagine myself doing anything other than what I'm doing now. So, so, so you, um, ended up in New York as a buyer. What, what was the, uh, impetus to that? How, did you get a job offer there already or did you go and look for a job or how did that happen? Yeah, I like part of our, um, part of our, class was you had to do this like big internship to graduate and I made it to where that was my last class of my degree so it was like my last semester so I basically got approval from my dean to go ahead and move and start working in New York if I got a job and they counted my last semester basically as my job like my job was my last semester. And where were you? Where, where did you get a job there? Um, I started off with a company called Chaken and then I moved from there to a company called Catherine Malandrino and I was in their merchandise department. So merchandising department. So it's very similar to buying except um, when you're a buyer, you normally work for a retailer. Um, the merchandiser is more on the design side, but it's a very similar, it's a very similar job. Sort of. And, and so, uh, for anybody out there who doesn't know how how all that works, how the clothes end up in the store, you're a yeah. great person to explain um, 
what what folks are doing when they're working in New York and they're, you know, how does how does the shirt that I buy at Target end up there to begin with? <laughs> Such a complicated process. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, because you can go all the way back to like starting by sourcing fabrics and stuff, you know, like all the way to the factory side of things. So that's kind of a loaded question because it's such a huge commerce. Um, but yeah, you have like the production side. You have um, so like whoever does that, then there's a, the design aspect. And then there's also the merchandiser aspect, which is who keeps basically it's the middleman that lets production design and sales kind of communicate with one another. It's like, that's the person that puts all the information that they get from those departments into basically a spreadsheet and, and like make sure everybody's kind of working on what's working basically. And so if you're the, um, let's say you're the um, shirt buyer, one of the shirt buyers for the target, you know, Mm -hmm. um, what, what is your, what are you, what are you doing um, in your job, are you uh, traveling around and researching shirts, or you know, how do you how do you figure out what what people are going to be buying a year and two years from now? So there are uh, fashion forecasters out there, like that's a job, and all they do is calculate um, information to try and figure out like what is going to be like future trends. Um, they like look at the world, what's going on, politics, spending habits, like you name it. So that is a job. So sometimes um, people go at like go and pay for fashion forecasters and their information that they give you. Is that is that why like if if you're a buyer for more of a trendy uh, trend setting uh, retail establishment or a writer for um, Vogue or whatever is that why when you go to fashion shows like when regular folks like me see a fashion show on the news you know I think who would ever wear that why is that so outrageous mm-hmm. I mean is it because that's what they're trying to do is set tr- aspects of that into the trend world. So generally at a fashion show, the, the types of people that are in the like seats are ed- fashion editors. You, ha- you do have buyers for like your major retailer situations. Um, you'll have stylists because they utilize them in work as well. And then you'll have celebrities and guests um, to also draw attention, which is like a publicity, like to gain publicity for the show. Um, I think that's like a big chunk of who's, who's normally there. And then, you know, you don't, do you actually see that stuff show up in stores somewhere? A hundred percent. Yes. For sure. Oh, what's that movie, um, uh, with Meryl Streep where they're going to a fashion Devil, Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Did you, did Mm -hmm. you watch that and recognize some of the, you know, the, the, uh, things that happened in the movie? Oh yeah, of course. Um, I mean, obviously movies are movies, so there's some like truth to it and some not. She is basically based on, um, loosely based on the character of like Anna Winter, which is the Vogue editor in chief. Mm -hmm. So I've never actually worked for something like that. So I can't really (laughs) say exactly like what their daily life is. Well, that's a good thing. um, It's a good thing. You didn't have to do that. (laughs) Yeah, but I have like, um, I've definitely been to fashion week several times and, um, I've been at it where I worked for the company and they, they put it on. And then I've also been like the guest for 
um, several shows. So I've seen both sides of it. What is your, what is your uh, favorite memory from fashion week? Um, to be honest, fashion week is like, it's, you're there, like when you're there for work, it's, it's work. So it's not, I don't, I don't think I look at it as glamorous as like probably other people would. Um, it's like a lot of hustle. Like it takes a lot of work to even just get situated. And then the show itself is only like 15 minutes long. So like you just like worked really tough to like get in, go through all the stuff. And then like, as soon as you're done with that one, you have another one that's starting in like five minutes across town that you have to try and get to too. So it's just like a hustle. It's like really like you're out of breath and you're generally kind of dressed up and heels running around the city. It's, it's exhausting actually, but, <laughs> but it's also exciting, I guess. But yeah, it's really work. Like if I can't see the things coming down, like if I don't have a good seat or a good like eyeline, like there's no point really for me to be there. I can just look at it um, on the Vogue app later, you know? Yeah. yeah. So if, you know, it's, if you're there for a purpose, you're there for a purpose, you know? So, um, obviously you did not stay in New York forever. What got you, um, back to Tennessee? Um, the economy, <laughs> ah. it wasn't my choice. Um, it really had to do with, uh, this was what, 2008, I guess, 2007. Um, so fashion is generally in high end fashion is like the first thing that kind of takes a hit when the economy goes like not great. Um, so yeah, that's what happened. Like a lot of the positions that I was working went away and, and people weren't hiring them anymore because it was an area where you could cut. So um, a job actually brought me to Nashville. Um, I got on with a company that was still hiring the type of position that I wanted, but you had to start in the stores um, first and then they would move you into corporate. And so that's kind of what I was doing but they moved me here to Nashville to like open some new stores and stuff like that. And so that's why I'm here. So it was a, a little bit of returning to your home state, which is nice, which was nice. I'm sure you're close to friends and family. Um, Nashville is a super cool uh, city. Uh, just to back up real quick. I'm curious. You probably still have some friends in, that were in the fashion industry in New York. How has, um, and I'm sure in big ways, but, um, what are some of the ways COVID has impacted what's what's uh, going on in that industry amongst your friends there now? Well, so I'm technically still in that industry. Um, I work with New York and LA on an everyday basis with what I do. Mm -hmm. So even though my office is here in Nashville, like everything in it right now, like we're working on a we're working on returns right now from a, a fitting that I had yesterday. And every single box is either going to be going to New York or LA. And so we'll spend all day today boxing stuff up and it'll, and we're trying to make it get back to them before they leave the office for the holidays. Um, so yeah, so like I'm the industry in, in New York is my industry. It's, it's, we're all in it together. The fashion industry is one industry and we all work together. So we're all affected by it kind of in the same ways. Um, obviously we've went through where like they weren't able to be in the office and then sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't, um, you know, sales are down. Like people are like tons of people are hurting. Budgets are down. Um, I'm sure we're shipping, just kind of just, just trying said, to make it. You were boxing stuff up. I bet shipping, um, is, uh, slower than it, it was. It, it is here. Uh, in it Union was, City. you know what it was, but, um, 
I would say the first couple of months that we like started working again, it was a struggle and it, it was like kind of learning all new logistics because everything had kind of changed. Um, but it's kind of back to normal for us, actually. Like we pretty much when something goes out, we get it when we're supposed to. I'm also, but I have a really large <laughs> shipping um, account. So I'm mm. also like, I guess, on a VIP status with UPS. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, they're taking me, care of you. That's good. Yeah, we have a little bit of a white gloved situation with them, which is awesome because it's such a big part of what I do that we kind of have to have it that way. So, so but they've been awesome. Little- like they really have like um, done a really good job of like figuring it all out as fast as they could. So, well, let's talk about what you do now because um, it's uh, you have a fascinating career and you've done some, you know, you, you, you are doing some amazing things. Tell me a little, let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, what you're doing today. Um, well today, so I had my last fitting of the year yesterday. So I got a new client and, um, she's, I mainly work with musicians or artists. Um, and it's kind of like the rollout of all of her, um, music and stuff. So she'll come out next year. And so we will be, our fitting yesterday was for, two music videos and a photo shoot. Um, so we picked out, I think like eight different outfits uh, or looks and um, it's to fit. Like we get these things called treatments, which is like the creative idea behind like what a music video is going to be about. And then it's my job to make that as- the aesthetics part of it um, kind of all flow with the story. So how early on do they bring you on a project like that? Like at the very beginning? Um, it depends. Sometimes with um, new artists, yes, I'm a part of like the very beginning. And like the also like I can sometimes be brought on to help develop what the look of that artist is going to be for her like brand and her like everything. Um, but then sometimes if it's an, an artist that's already established, then obviously that's a little bit different scenario. And so it just kind of depends on what they're asking or requesting for. And then sometimes we just do one-offs where we're doing like one, just one random occasion with somebody and we don't necessarily work with them all the time. So it just depends. So, um, you're my first fashion stylist to get to talk to everything I know about (laughs) fashion comes from TV. So is it like, um, is it like, um, it is on TV. So like when the, uh, country music awards or uh, some other awards take place, are you like running around dressing people at their houses and, and directing hair styles and things like that? So I don't, I'm, um, hairstylists are their own thing and their own creative. I, I'm not really a part of that, although that we do discuss and make sure like all our looks like, you know, I'll have a discussion with the hair and makeup person on like what my overall vibe with that look for that carpet is. But I mean, they're their own artists as well. So they definitely have their own opinions and things of what they want to do. Um, but yes, on an award show in a normal year, I'm dressing several different artists in one day and I'm running around crazy. But I also have a team of people that like, I make sure each artist has like a person with them. And then I kind of float around depending on like, you know, whose outfit is probably the most complicated that I need to be there more, you know. Is there any kind of uh, look or style that you gravitate towards that you really uh, enjoy putting someone in? Um, 
I carpets are one of my like favorite things to style. Um, I also love editorial. So things for magazines, cause I get to be like kind of the most creative then, and you can do stuff for editorial that you wouldn't do for street clothes or for, you know, appearances and stuff like that. Um, I kind of like being able to do all different things. I'm one of the, I'm a type of stylist that all my clients are totally different styles and vibes. Like they're not consistently the same. And some stylists like to stay in a certain lane and I don't, I like to be all over the place because I like to utilize different, um, different waves of creativity. So each one of my clients are totally different from one another. And I, and I work with men and women you know, some people are casual. Some people are super glam. Some people are fun. Like it's, um, I like being able to do it all. So if, if I were uh, going to walk the red carpet because of my new movie that was coming out or my mm-hmm. new music video, um, and you and I were just, I had just booked you to work with me. Um, walk me through the process a little bit. I'm curious, you know, how do we get from introduction to each other to me looking fabulous on the red carpet? So sometimes some artists have opinions and like they want to have a discussion or we'll, we'll talk on the phone or we'll send texts or pictures back and forth. Some people, we have like Pinterest boards that are like we, you know, add so that I can see what they like and don't like. And I, you know, I can add to it as well. Um, sometimes people don't have an opinion and they just show up at the fitting and you pick stuff out, you know, day of and it, or you know, a couple of days before and that's it. It just, um, every artist is a little different. Um, but yeah, like you generally would come in, um, to like my studio for a fitting and I would have like racks and racks and racks of different options. Um, I generally put together like a little bit of a presentation to kind of just like, Oh, give overall visuals before we just start looking at things on a hanger. Um, we talk about it. We try stuff on. There's normally a tailor there to make sure everything is tailored and looks, you know, amazing. And then that's it. Day of, we get you ready and you go. And, and, and so, then so it all you, turns into a pumpkin at the end and comes back to me. <laughs> <laughs> do you help me hire like hair and makeup or does do I hire that separate or? Yeah, that's normally a separate thing, but I sometimes they ask for my opinion on who I think would be good or best or who they would who I would recommend. Um and I definitely can have an opinion about that. But a lot of times people unless they're just starting out kind of already have their people that they've worked with. They hair and makeup generally becomes the first person that they work with. Like they'll approve that budget before they'll approve styling. We're we're normally secondary. And I should have said your studio is in Nashville. Is that right? Mm-hmm, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? You would be an interesting reality show. <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with that kind of thing. <laughs> Me neither. But I've definitely been on a, uh, one of my artists was doing a pilot once. And so they used our fitting as a part of the pilot. So I was technically on one one time, but it never saw the light of day, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, oh, I I can relate. Um, so so you've obviously um, um, you know made a big impact there. What what are, you, what are your suggestions and advice to young people who say um, I want to be a fashion stylist because that's one of those fields that everybody you know gravitates toward towards because it sounds fun and exciting. And um, what what is your advice uh, to people who want to do want to do what you're doing? 
Um, so like I have actually, I've gone back home and talked to like my high school and I had, um, actually UT Martin, my old class, um, one of the classes I took when I was there, um, actually came to my studio, uh, this past year. Um, and like, I love actually teaching people about all of it, but to be honest, it, my advice is intern as much as possible. Um, I also try and scare them with it because it is really hard. Um, anything that looks on the outside to be such a like quote unquote fun job is actually super, super difficult and you have to be disciplined and you have to love it to do it because it, there's a lot of sacrifices that come into like, you know, living this life. And I don't think a lot of people understand those sacrifices or how hard it is. Um, until they're in it. It really has a way of weeding out the people that aren't supposed to be doing it. Um, is, is it, and I'm just guessing, um, is it a field that there are a lot of people that start out in it and only a very few uh, make yes, it? Yes, 100%, yes. So I was thinking when you were talking about going to New York, I was thinking I bet a lot of people go to New York to, and they're very competitive uh, in those industries, just like in that in that movie. Oh yeah, it, it really is. Like you, you have one bad day and you could be done. Like it's mm. it's a cutthroat world for sure because there's a million people waiting for your job right behind you. So you have to be on and great every single day. You can't have a bad day. So do you have any um, outlets um, where, where you can, uh, you know, do you sculpt or paint or bike or mm -hmm. work out or how do you, how do you deal with the stress? Yeah, I think um, I, I like to run and go on hikes. Like I need to get like outside a lot um, because I can get like kind of hold up in my job and forget about the, the world out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely like making time with friends and family um, traveling is actually one of my passions. Obviously I haven't gotten to do that this year, but, um, I luckily get to travel for work often generally in a normal year. Um, and so like, I'll add like a couple days onto things here and there and just go and explore. Um, I love learning how other people, like other like cultures and things like that, like what the day in the life of other places are. And um, exploring is one of my favorite things to do. So that is a big part of like one of my outlets for sure, which I haven't really been able to do this year. I know this year has been a, a crazy year for everybody who likes to do anything having to do with being around other people. Yeah, right. Well, so obviously, it's been difficult for somebody that works in production that needs to be around people to be able to do their job. It's been, it's been very interesting. And that was going to be my next question. So obviously we're in a time where there aren't award shows and there aren't red carpets and there aren't as much, there's not as much work going on. Um, right. What, what, um, what has your approach been to surviving uh, COVID. <laughs> Take it one day at a time. Um, <laughs> it's, I, you also kind of, okay, well, what can we do? You know, like I've sat down for like when we were in the thick of the first quarantine and like, we couldn't do anything. Um, obviously I still have my office and it's just like, it can just be me here. So like I was still able to come into the office and do things to stay busy. But, um, it really was just kind of trying to think outside the box on like, okay, what do I have control over right now? What can we do? What can I like 
you know, bring to my artist's table right now? Like what, what could we do, you know? And so I did do a couple things to add to some stuff that we could do like photo shoots and make sure everybody was safe and we did them properly and, and such. Um, so we did a lot of that in the beginning, but award shows and stuff did actually end up happening. They just looked a lot different than they have in the past. And whereas normally my entire roster would be in an award show, I only had like one client at that award show this year. So it was definitely, I would say that we worked about one third of what our normal um, Mm -hmm. work is. So it's been interesting for sure. Um, And then obviously COVID's going to eventually uh, be a thing of the past, a thing of history, hopefully. Yes, um, let's hope. What What is your, what What have you got planned for the future? Or is there anything um, that you've uh, got on your list that you hope for the next, you know, five or 10 years? So my, yes, I do think that that list probably is ever changing because there's um, the world of what a stylist is able to do now is constantly changing. Um, and doors and avenues, you know, pop up here and there. So like, I was like on a zoom meeting the other day that I would have never thought in a million years I would be a part of. But it was something that made sense when we talked about it. But if you would have asked me like a week before, if that type of company would be wanting, you know, wanting to work with me, I would be like, you're crazy, you know? So I think just, um, I want to be involved more in like creative development um, and like creative directorship things. Um, and so that's like something I've been working towards the last like year and a half or so. So like more things about that. And um, yeah, so there's definitely some things on the horizon in that world that I'm working on. Have you had to style anyone for um, Zoom yet for a Zoom uh, I never actually had I we definitely did some like press things that included zoom um interviews but I didn't ever have to do like a zoom fitting or anything like that we always still just did them in person or I sent things to them um you know and they just uh, dressed themselves with what I gave them but I thankfully I that would have been very frustrating I'm glad I didn't have to do that <laughs> I'm so fascinated by the way people style their backdrops on zoom especially early <laughs> on early on when it was just people themselves you know like throwing stuff behind them like on the news and yeah um, uh, comment commentators and you know it was fascinating to me to see what they picked to put behind them to represent themselves what kind of books they chose you know how it was just it was just a fascinating now stylists i'm sure you know some of the networks have stylists who are uh designing some of the news people's backdrops for them so i'm i've been fascinated yeah. to watch the evolution yeah well there's um one of my best friends is one of those people like that she designs all the aesthetic like all the props and all the things that goes into that kind of stuff so yeah she's definitely been doing a lot of that so um last question you're a nashville insider i would say you're a certainly a west <laughs> you're certainly a tennessee insider for people who are listening who are not from from tennessee um what should they what's one thing you think they should make sure they do when they visit nashville oh gosh there's so many things um well, we definitely have became quite the foodie city in the last several years. So there's definitely like a chunk of restaurants I would recommend for people to check out. Um, the 
Country Music Hall of Fame does a really, really great job with their museum and, and they change it. They change up stuff every single year. So even if you come like a few years later, you can go back and there'll be new things to check out there. They do a really great job. Um, you definitely want to see a live show when you're in Nashville, when it's like when COVID's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, although the Opry is still doing shows right now with, um, with a studio audience. So it, it's still possible. Um, but Excellent. yeah, I mean, it's a music, it's a music city. So you definitely have to see music when you're here. And they should also include discovery park of America on their, um, uh, yes, but that's, yes, they can drive out to union city and check that out for sure. That's right. Well, thank you so much for spending thank a few minutes you. with me. I know you've got, you've got things to, to ship back to, to all over the place. So, um, thank yeah, you we so probably much. have like 20 boxes going out today. So <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting, uh, learning a little bit more, um, about it. And if somebody wants to, uh, learn a little bit more about you, uh, I think you have a website, right? I do. I would say Instagram's probably the best way to keep track of like what's going on because that's like basically our websites these days. But at Krista Roser um, is my Instagram handle. That would probably be the best way for sure to keep track of everything because that's that changes daily. So awesome. And I um, am getting on here right now and I am liking you. I'm following yeah, you. Thank you. There we go. I'll follow oh, well, you back. Very cool. You got a lot of cool stuff going on on here. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so I'm going to pick out some looks. When I get ready to hit the red carpet, you're the first person I'm going to call. All right, let's do it. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Foot Forward. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Start planning your visit to Discovery Park of America by visiting discoveryparkofamerica.com. And also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates.